What's going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Lucas Weiss. Of course, we'd like to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. Again, the Locked On Blue Jays podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can find my work at We Sports on Twitter, where I can be found on Sportsnet, ESPN's The Undefeated, the Toronto Star, as well as play-by-play broadcasting for Saga 960 AM Radio. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, another busy one. We have a lot to get to. We have award finalists. We have award winners. We have GM meetings, rumors, trade targets. It is a busy episode. And of course, happy to welcome back once again to the pod, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. Jen, welcome to the show. We have a lot to uh, celebrate in Blue Jays land today. Lots of uh, Blue Jays getting recognized for their achievements this past season. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll start there. I mean, it's been quite the 24 hours in, in terms of awards and accomplishments. I know we've mentioned on previous podcasts that the Blue Jays players are going to be recognized and, 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 and these awards and accomplishments and nominations are, are, are continuing to roll. So within the last 24 hours, we've had, as we're recording this, Marcus Semyon win the gold glove. We've had Robbie Ray, AL Cy Young finalist. And then just brief moments ago, we've had, we had not one, but two finalists for AL MVP being Toronto Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the aforementioned Marcus Semyon. So Jen, again, I know we talked about in the previous episodes that the Blue Jays had a great season. There were so many players who had great seasons, but the fact that it's now reality, the fact that we we're now seeing a guy like Semyon win the gold glove for the first time in his career, we, you know, two Blue Jays beef MVP finalists, Robbie Ray, AL Cy Young finalists, just a fun 24 hours. If you're a Blue Jays fan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely wild that the Blue Jays have two MVP candidates. I mean, just absolutely incredible. And when you look at who they are, right? So you've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who has not been in the league for very long. He, by all accounts, had a disappointing, shortened 2020 season. His debut season was, you know, not quite up to expectations. He switches positions and just goes off at the plate, right? And, you know, everything and more that you could have hoped for from from Vlad this past season. And then Marcus Semyon signs this deal, you know, this bet on yourself deal, switches positions to do it. And not only does he have an MVP caliber season, but he also wins the gold glove at a position that he hasn't played before. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, and look, we've talked about Vlad Guerrero Jr. at length on previous uh, podcast episodes. You can check out our player review of Vlad Guerrero Jr. And and obviously the year he had was incredible. And to me, not that surprising given the year that he had. 
But we haven't really chatted a lot about Marcus Semyon because, of course, he's you know going to be a pending UFA, probably not going to come back to the Blue Jays. So let's just take you know a few moments, Jen, and we'll get to Robbie Ray too. But but right now for Marcus Semyon and just you know show him his flowers because I mean you mentioned you know that bet on yourself deal, and, and again this is a guy he was a shortstop. Right, shortstop with the Oakland Athletics comes to Toronto on a real discount, a real bargain, and says, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play second base just, just to be part of this team. And for him to do that, and to, I would argue, put together one of the best regular seasons for a second baseman in, in recent MLB history, setting the record for for home runs hit by a second baseman, the the level of quiet confidence that he exuded every single day, the impact that he had on players like a Bo Bichette. I mean, we, we remember those images of Bo being emotional once the season ended, talking about Marcus Semyon's impact. And, and, the, and for him to win the gold glove, I mean, again, I know that that defensive gaffe against Detroit, you know, still, you know, pains some Blue Jays fans. But overall, you know, Semyon was so solid at that position defensively. So just an incredible year for him uh, to get that honor of gold glove, but to be recognized for MVP and rightfully so. I was a little bit on the fence, Jen, whether they give two Blue Jays players, you know, the top, you know, top three in voting, but man, I mean, they, those two guys certainly deserve it in in Vladdy and Marcus. They really do. And I mean, you know, how crazy is it? Like I said, to, to have, you know, two MVP caliber seasons and neither one of them are going to win because of Shohei Otani and what the, you know, the absolute incredible, you know, season he put together you know, but I mean, I'm just, you know, it was such a treat to watch Vlad and Marcus Semyon this past season, right? Like, let's be honest, we got to witness some incredible baseball feats from these two men. And, you know, hopefully, you know, people really appreciated what they saw from them because, you know, as you said, who knows when another Blue Jay will have a similar season to either one of them. We like to hope, of course, that Vlad is a perennial MVP candidate. Um, but you never know what's going to happen down the line. So, yeah, I just I think that it's it's we were treated to some really great baseball moments because of these two. What hasn't happened, Jen, since 1993 when you've had two Blue Jays players in the top three in AL MVP voting. Of course, 93 was the year they won their second consecutive World Series. So it goes to show you that, I mean, for the Blue Jays franchise history, I mean, basically beyond those two years in the 90s, and then maybe, you know, the odd year, 85, 87, you know, the Blue Jays have been sort of mediocre, right? I mean, certainly Mm -hmm. post- 93 and they haven't had a lot of these just incredible seasons right from from you know you know really talented players I mean obviously 
2015, we had Josh Donaldson um, win the MVP or, yeah, win the MVP, I, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I just think as well, now you throw Robbie Ray in the mix. So you have, you know, you have Vlad, you have Marcus, you have Robbie Ray in the mix, probably going to win the Cy Young. It just goes to show you that this team, again, was, was so spectacular, and they still missed the playoffs. They still missed That's the playoffs. That's the insane part, right? wins in fourth place. They still missed the playoffs. So I'm going to go off on a limb and say this, Jen. I think this is one of the best teams to have never made the postseason. And again, I'm a little prisoner of the moment. I understand that. But when you look <laughs> at the caliber of players who are getting nominated for these awards and the seasons that they put together, it's not a, a hard uh, thing to argue. No. And I would bet that if you were to ask other teams that did make the playoffs, you know, who would you not want to face, uh, you know, down the stretch when, when the playoff picture hadn't quite yet been set. I, I think a lot of teams would have feared the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, going into that postseason, have they made it? No, no doubt. No doubt. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, look, Shohei Otani, we've talked about this. I've been the one to, to, to really sort of be the the guy that, that has sort of said, look, it is going to be Otani. I know there was that conversation down the stretch about potentially Vlad Guerrero, but I think given the end of Vlad's season, that sort of died down a bit. And, and of course, what, what, what Otani did, a hitter and a pitcher, truly remarkable. So he'll probably win the MVP. I think Robbie Ray Jen, pretty safe for the Cy Young. Who knows? I think so. I mean, maybe, oh man, if, if, if Garrett Cole wins, I know uh, Blue Jays Twitter will be uh, set aflame <laughs> if, if, if that were to occur. But uh we don't know for about a week, so we can let that uh, let that subside for a moment. But still, just so exciting uh, for, for for those three guys, and and hopefully um, more accomplishments to follow. We do have more things to chat about. We have, of course, uh, GM meetings. We have uh, Verlander rumors, and then of course uh, trade targets. And we're gonna get that to that in just a moment. But first. Let's check in with our friends at betonline.ag. We're, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. But online, where the game starts. All right, we're back. Lucas Weiss, MLB analyst, Jen Smith. This is the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, I want to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. So, Jen, the offseason rolls on. It is the general manager meetings that are taking place in beautiful, sunny California at the moment. Um Again, there's some qualifying offers being made. There's, of course, some deals um, that that have taken place on the margins. But 
when it when it applies to the Blue Jays, something came up today that was very fascinating, and and, and it revolved around Justin Verlander. And, and if you want to, of course, hear our episode about free agent pitching targets, you can find that episode wherever you get your podcast. We we do a deep dive on some of the uh, pending UFAs, and, and his name certainly came uh, up, but. Uh, Scott Mitchell of TSN tweeted, uh, hearing the Blue Jays will be one of the teams watching the Justin Verlander showcase. I'd say it's more than due diligence based on the fit. Jen, Justin Verlander. Yes. In the blue and white. Have you, are you starting to envision that? Or you, you know, just, <laughs> are you, but regardless, if you are or not, it's interesting that his name is being thrown out there with the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm I'm envisioning no hitters being thrown at the Rogers Center, but in favor of the Jays rather than against the Blue Jays. Um, should Justin Verlander don don the blue and white? Um, you know, he is absolutely uh, somebody that the Blue Jays should be looking to target, right? When he's healthy, we know what he can do out there on the mound. And the Jays need to get themselves a another top-line starter. Um, apparently, at a showcase, you know, he, 15 to 20 teams were, were there to see him. He threw 94 to 97. This is coming off of, you know, rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Uh, he was given a qualifying offer by the Astros. So there is obviously debate as to whether or not he would take that qualifying offer, right? Take the guaranteed money for a year or if he would turn it down. My guess is that he would turn down the qualifying offer. Um, You know, he is in his late 30s. I think he would want to sign, if he could, a two to three year deal and, you know, see if he could maybe finish out his career. But I think this is a really interesting one to watch. Um, and this is sort of our first rumor uh, regarding, you know, a, a top, a top free agent. And, and that's what's really fun about this time of year, right, is it allows people to speculate and, and sort of dream for their team. Well, look, and we talked about this on that podcast, Free Agent Pitching Targets, that Verlander carries a pedigree, right? Look at what he's done. Eight-time All-Star. World Series champion finally in 2017. He won the MVP as a pitcher in 2011. Two-time AL Cy Young Award winner. So, I mean, like, three-time MLB wins leader. Like, the pedigree is there. But he is 38, and that's yep. those are the concerns that I have coming off the Tommy John surgery. What is he going to be like? But hearing his name out there, Jen, it's got me a little excited. Not going to lie, because at the end of the day, he brings the the pedigree, the the winning swagger. And the veteran experience, especially on the rotation, that I think this team really needs. And look, sure, you can look at the postseason numbers and how he hasn't been great in the postseason. But you can't deny that he 
has been able to lead teams to the World Series, right? I mean, he did it in Detroit. I mean, I know they got embarrassed and swept by the San Francisco Giants, but he did that. Finally, with Houston in 2017, they they were able to win. So Justin Verlander is able to, to do that. And I, and I think for a Blue Jays rotation right now that has young guys, it has Alec Manoa, you know, you know, who knows where Nate Pearson fits into it. I mean, Barreos, you know, is relatively a younger player and, you know, he complement that with Ryu. So look, it's still, it's still a rumor, but having his name in the mix can be very exciting if that occurs. Absolutely. And, you know, as I've said, the Blue Jays, I think, are going to spend money on pitching this offseason. I think they need to. Um, And, you know, they need to look at somebody who is in the top end of the market. And Verlander, if healthy, would be one of those guys. And, you know, we've heard so much about, for example, what Marcus Semien brought to the team in terms of mentorship with some of the younger players. Imagine what Verlander could do, right? Those intangibles, you know, to actually bring that to a team that is that is like on the cusp of making the postseason the, be, between the experience and the actual pitching pedigree, you know, again, if healthy, he might just be, you know, the type of guy who can give the Blue Jays that edge that they need. Another interesting thing, Jen, that I saw today was Andrew Heaney. And a lot of the reporters from the baseball world, Ken Rosenthal, Joel Sherman, they talked about him with an agreement with the, with the Dodgers on a one-year contract. And the deal is, is far more than the $8 million. That was the amount that Robbie Ray got from the Blue Jays a year ago. That to me is fascinating because I think what it shows you is, is is that teams now are valuing these guys that may, you know, have, you know, be on more of a one-year deal a little bit more than what the Blue Jays put that value on Robbie Ray, because I think a lot of these teams are starting to figure out something, man, we might be, you know, we might hit a home run here by, by by going after these guys that are sort of diamonds in the rough, if you will. Yep. And, and, and I also think that agents, I think agents now are also saying to themselves, you know, these guys are worth, you know, more maybe that maybe than the eight mil that, that that Robbie Ray got last year. So so it's funny that it's funny that Robbie Ray is just getting mentioned in some of these. Uh, deals because it just goes to show you again what kind of year that the Robbie Ray had and, and again being able to bet on himself. Imagine taking an eight million dollar contract and turning it into a Cy Young performance. Like, just on, I, I mean, you can't even you can't even talk about that, right? Like it's just unbelievable. No, absolutely. The interesting thing is, Jen. It, 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 are these GM meetings and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Ross Atkins will be there and there'll be a lot of talking. And that's what, from, from, you know, hearing from reporters that have been at these events, there's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of chit chat starting to get things out there. What do you 
I guess, expect because I feel like the rumors are just going to be flowing. I feel like it's going to be very similar to, you know, potentially last year where it felt like the Blue Jays were involved with everyone. Like it felt <laughs> at one point, like every single big name out there, the Blue Jays were, were involved. And now it's actual in-person conversations, not right. virtual, which I feel like will accelerate those rumors even more. Well, there's been this notion amongst some in the Blue Jays fan base that the reason why the Jays are linked to pretty much everybody in the offseason is because they're being used as leverage somehow. The truth is, at least this year, is that the Jays have said that they've got money to spend and they've got prospects with whom they might, you know, make a deal if, uh, if the right trade comes up, right? The Jays have already said they need to improve. They are incredibly bitter about the fact that they did not make the postseason in 2021 and they need to improve at several different positions. So I would expect to hear a lot of rumors about the Blue Jays, you know, being uh, interested in or checking in on, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, top players. Uh, and I think really what these GM meetings, you know, do is just simply lay that groundwork, right? This is where conversations uh, are being had to start to lay the groundwork for what a deal might look like. I don't necessarily expect anything to get done, uh, particularly with the, the CBA looming. But, you know, if nothing else, I think that this is where the Jays will get a start to get a sense of the markets and how they want to play it. Right. Well, it will be very fascinating to follow. I'm sure we will have more of these conversations about rumors and potential names as the offseason unfolds. It will create a lot of chatter on Twitter. It already has, which, of course, makes this very exciting. But we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to be looking at potential trade targets from the hitting perspective of the Toronto Blue Jays. So trade targets coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast right after these messages. All right, we're back. Lucas Suisse, MLB analyst Jen Smith. This is the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want to, of course, thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen of the day. So, Jen, we've talked last week free agency, free agent targets hitting and pitching. Now, the trade market, I think, is a really interesting one because this is where I think the Blue Jays can really, I think, separate themselves into being one of the contenders for a world championship. Because look, I mean, free agency, it's all good, but there's going to be a teams that outspend the Blue Jays. We just know that. Sure. But the trades, I think, are where the Blue Jays can get better, which is what Blue Jays president of baseball ops, Mark Shapiro, said at his end of season media availability. We just want to get better. Ross Atkins said we're all in. And of course, trades are going to be part of it. When you look at the potential hitting targets for trades, who stands out to you and why? Well, the Jays 
clearly have a need in the infield. If we're talking about upgrading, if we're talking about improving, then they could certainly do so at third base. And assuming, of course, that Marcus Simeon is going to sign elsewhere, all signs indicate that he will, then second base could also use an upgrade. So the name that has been most circulated with regards to trade rumors and the Blue Jays, of course, is Jose Ramirez in in Cleveland. He's a switch hitting third baseman. He's 29 years old. Um, He's, you know, do 11 million next season, uh, 13 million the following season, and then he's a free agent. So, you know, training for him, you're getting a couple of years out of him rather than just a, just a one-off. So that helps in terms of the Blue Jays and their window of contention. We know the Jays have already been linked to him, right? We know that they already supposedly turned down a deal at the trade deadline. Um, They didn't like the asking price. So, you know, who knows if they circle back, but at least there was some, a framework for a deal at that point. He's, you know, an above average defender. He was worth uh, 10 defensive runs saved last year. And if you look at his stat cast percentile rankings, he is ranked either good to elite in all of stat cast percentile rankings. Every single one of them from barrel percentage to strikeout rate to outs above average to sprint speed. He is good to elite in every one of these categories. So, you know, automatically Ramirez is the type of guy who, you know, instantly provides an upgrade and, you know, could be exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. If, if the Blue Jays get Jose Ramirez, he will be their, their everyday starting third baseman. I think for the Blue Jays, what they need to think about is look, you're probably going to need to trade a lot of high-end assets. That means prospects. Right. That means maybe other roster players to make a move like that. But I would argue if it's the right deal, and again, they can revisit this deal. It didn't get sure. done last year, but that doesn't mean it, it can It can never get done ever. I mean, it can't. But I think the Blue Jays need to know that I bet – probably it'll be very interesting to see like if a deal does come to fruition with Jose Ramirez is do they have to give up more now than than they would have at the trade deadline that's to me the fascinating thing but it is a third baseman it upgrades the infield it makes this team a lot better now on the other flip side though you know, you know, you have maybe, you know, another guy, you know, maybe, maybe sort of a buy low guy to look at is third baseman Matt Chapman um, with, you know, with, with the Oakland A's. This is someone that, again, I mean, when, when you look at his 2019 campaign, hit 30 home runs with a 21.9% strikeout rate. There could be a bounce back there. We've seen the A's are going to be sellers. So perhaps Chapman is a guy that that the Blue Jays would be calling Oakland for. I mean, we've seen the Blue Jays in Oakland make deals before. So why not another deal? And the thing about Chapman is he is under control for two more seasons. 
It isn't Jose Ramirez. I mean, Jose Ramirez, I would say, would be the best target. But if Jose Ramirez stays with Cleveland or goes to another team, maybe Matt Chapman is a guy that you would want to look at. Well, nearly seven years ago to the day, I tweeted, something's going down. And the Blue Jays got another third baseman from the Athletics (laughs) who would go on to become their... 2015 MVP. Of course, we all know we're talking about Josh Donaldson. And so maybe the Blue Jays can pull off another deal for a third baseman from Oakland. Um, Yeah, absolutely. He'll be 29 years old. Uh, He just won his third gold glove award. He was an all-star in 2019. Um, he had a bit of a down year offensively. Uh, so he hit 210, 314, 403 uh, uh, with 27 home runs and a 101 uh, weighted runs created plus. But he does hit for power. He's in the 86th percentile ranking for barrels. He doesn't chase the ball much. His career OPS is above 800. Um, he doesn't necessarily provide the lineup versatility that the Jays were looking for because he is a right-handed power hitter, but he has an incredible glove at third base. He would definitely be a defensive upgrade. He is in the 99th percentile ranking for outs above average. I mean, elite defense. And we've talked about this, right? The Jays have to look for various ways to win more games. And one of those ways is to upgrade their defense. Right. Right. I mean, and look, I think he, he is definitely an option. I think Heimer Candelario, another option. I mean, this is a guy again, I mean, you know, on, on the Detroit Tigers team, it's going to be selling, um, you know, then and this is a guy again. You know, he's only 28 years old. Slash line of, of 271, 351, 443, 16 homers, 21.6 strikeout rate. Um, you know, he'd be he'd be someone maybe the Blue Jays would want. I mean, again, you know, he walked at a 10.4% clip. He says career low in whiff rate. Um Again, I mean, he may not, you know, he's not maybe the top guy, but he's someone that maybe you look at. I mean, Didi Gregorius, a little bit of a wild card (laughs) sort of pick. But again, this is a guy maybe, you know, he had had a rough 2021 with some elbow issues. Does he come back and, you know, have a bounce back season and be one of those, you know, guys that you bring in and he just has a rebound season? You know, and then you look at a guy maybe like Cattell Marte with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think this is someone where he brings positional flexibility. So he can play the infield, but particularly second base. And of course, second base right now, very much up in the air if Marcus Semyon is gone. But he could also play the outfield, depending on if they need someone to fill an outfield spot. The Fabio Marte, though, he's probably going to demand a lot. He's probably going to demand a lot of guys coming back in return to Arizona because of the season that he had. I mean, 329, 
389, 592, uh, 32 homers, 10 steals. That was back in 2019. So we, we know that those numbers can be there. But again, probably a lot uh, more in return. But interesting names all around, Jen. But again, it's just going to be, I feel like, the right deal. And I think that the Blue Jays are in a very good position because they've built up the prospect capital to unload and make a big trade to make their team better. Well, yes. And just to circle back to, to Marte, um, you know, he did just play 90 games last season because of a hamstring issue, but as a result, he actually played more second base than he did outfield. Right. And the Jays of course are probably going to need uh, a second baseman. He had a fantastic 2019 season and going back to this idea of, you know, lineup flexibility to, you know, a bit of a different look. He is a switch hitter and his splits are pretty even. He actually has a higher OPS when batting as a left-handed hitter. So he gives that lineup diversification that the Jays say is valuable to him. He is extremely affordable. I mean, he's owed $8 million next season, followed by 10 million, followed by 12 million with club options in 2023 and 2024. So not only is he very affordable, but again, if you're a team like the Blue Jays, where you have this competitive window open, not just next year, but for years to come, you know, he would fit in incredibly well, as you said, because he's so affordable and, you know, has so many more years of control, the cost is going to be quite high. So it's a matter of, you know, who the Blue Jays would want to part with. They do have the prospect capital, capital. who do they want to want to part with? And, you know, you already know my stance on, on prospects, you know, prospects can be, you know, hit or miss, but flags fly forever. So there you go. There you go. Well, it's going to be fascinating again. I really hope that trades do happen. They will, they will. I mean, we, we gotta be patient. I know that, but when the trades do happen, of course, you know, where we're going to be, we're going to be recording emergency podcasts to break down those trades, (laughs) but Very fascinating, though, in terms of the trade targets the Blue Jays have up their sleeve and just in what terms of what they're thinking about. Probably considering some of what we have just chatted about, Jen, in in those meetings. But we are out of time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. But before we go, Jen, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at baseball underscore Jen, and that is Jen with two N's. Yes, that's MLB analyst Jen Smith. I want to thank all the listeners who make Locked On Blue Jays your first listen every day. Again, we're continuing with the offseason content where you have guests lined up. So stay tuned for more guests upcoming. We want to just thank again uh, Kevin Weiss, the Locked On Rays, for coming on. We're going to have more crossover episodes, more guests. It's going to be a lot of fun as the offseason rolls on. Now, make your second listen locked on MLB prospects. Host Aram Layton is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available on all platforms. Locked on Blue Jays is also free and available on all platforms, including Twitter, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Locked on Blue Jays. All right, everyone, for this episode of Locked on Blue Jays, I'm your co-host, Lucas Weiss. We'll see you again soon.